sometimes sorrow is an e But now it is. Now it is. Here we go. Well done. But no, because I didn't. You did. Sometimes sorrow is the door to peace. Sometimes heartache is the gift I need. Your faith. Oh, 
Do we need to do it again? And I can time it. And we could time it. <laughs> well, that's funny. I must be there. Yeah, this could be pre-service over in that that other one. Thanks. Okay, for real this time. Here we go.
It's 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 pre-service, so put, you know we do what we want. Oh, your your metronome was off a little, Darren. Oh, 
quick math is what gets me. I think we're good. I think we're good. Yes. Cody, Cody, can you hear me? Can, is John out there? We need to have him do a mic check. Rex and effects and all those things. I have no idea. Morning, church. We've got a few minutes. Let's get right into it. Turn to Matthew chapter 7. As we go into this, you guys need to confront a few questions. And you need to confront these questions when you're talking to your kids, raising kids, when you're teaching kids. All right? We've been talking about a lot of storms. We've been talking about difficulty and hardship in life. But some of those, or, or all of those, are not necessarily storms we need to get from one side of to the other. Sometimes they're storms we need to endure. And we're going to talk about that a little bit next week. But before we get into the endurance of a storm, what it means to actually walk through that valley and the significance in our life and our closest to Christ, sometimes we need to make sure we have the proper steps, the proper road map, the proper way to get through those storms. In fact, we're told... In Scripture, there is a, I don't want to call it a secret, I, I, I know I, in, our, in our original uh, title here uh, on your bulletin, it's called The Secret to the Storms, but the truth is it's not a secret, and it really never has been. This, this advice, this command has been there from the very beginning of Scripture in Genesis, clear through the end of Scripture in the revelation of Christ. And these are the things that help see us through the storm. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you. We thank you that you've given us the opportunity to look at the, the instruction of Jesus Christ himself for our good and for your glory, Father. We thank you that you love us, and we thank you that you care about the change uh, in our own hearts, in our own minds, in our own perspectives, in our own priorities that can happen and come when we focus on the words of Jesus Christ. And Father, we ask that you help us to integrate that, that you help us to take this seriously when we look at the, the wisdom the, the all-surpassing wisdom of Jesus. It's in His name we pray. Amen. Uh, we call the church sometimes the house of God, <clears throat> okay? Now, you know, if you have any history in Scripture, that the house of God is not this building we're in, is it? It's not this building. It's you. It's those who accept Jesus. You are the house that God built, unless you're Yankee Stadium, and then somebody else built you, all right? But you're the house that God built, and we want that house to be firm. You want your kid's house to be firm, don't you? You don't want that falling apart. You don't want that collapsing at the next storm that comes along. And so Jesus gives us very specific instruction. Here is how you withstand the storms. But we need to ask ourselves a couple of questions first. We need to have the right answer if we're going to hear what Jesus says. First question is this, do I believe in Jesus? Because <laughs> if I don't believe in Jesus, then I don't care what he has to say. I, I don't care about the direction he has in my life, the commands he gives, the wisdom he teaches me. I don't care about any of that stuff if I don't believe in Jesus. If he's not my Savior and my Lord, we're quick to accept Jesus as Savior, just not Jesus as Lord, aren't we? Jesus as Savior and Lord of your life. So, do I believe in Jesus Christ? Because if I don't, I'm not going to care about his word. Secondly, 
If we believe in Jesus, what kind of character is Jesus? What kind of character does He have? Is it a loving God or is it a wrath-filled, hate-filled God? Does Jesus love His creation? Does Jesus want what is best for you, not easiest for you? Does He want what's best for you? Is Jesus good or is He evil? Once again, we may believe that Jesus exists, but if we think He's an evil God, then what do we care about what He says? Matter of fact, if He's an evil God, I'm going to do the opposite of what He says. So, I believe that Jesus exists. I believe that He is good. Now, the third question we need to ask, is there any misprints in Scripture? Misprints in His Word, in His thoughts, in His teaching. Is is there ever a time Jesus teaches a lesson and says to Himself, boy, I wish I could have that one back? Is every time he, he taught a parable and then leaned over to Matthew and said, hey, by the way, don't write that one down. I messed that one up. You think Jesus ever spoke without thinking ahead? You think Jesus ever didn't know exactly what he was talking about? There's no misprints there. What Jesus says, he means. All right, so I believe in Jesus, and I believe Jesus is good. I also believe that his word is accurate. And finally, along those same lines, we need to ask the question, and you've asked this question of yourselves without asking it out loud. Could I do better? Could I do better than Jesus? Do I know more than he does? Can I respond in this storm better than the way Jesus tells me to? You see, we ask ourselves that question. We don't ask it out loud, but we wrestle with that in our minds and our hearts. Do I have a better way than Jesus does? So if we're going to get through the storm the proper way, we need to realize that, yes, Jesus is hes king. He's God. He's the creator. And he is good. Thirdly, his word is accurate and true in all ways, from the very beginning to the very end. And finally, Jesus is greater than we are. We are not greater than Jesus. So if we've answered those questions... Yes, hopefully, to the first two, and no to the second two. Now we can open our ears, now we can open our eyes and our minds to actions when Jesus gives us this advice, living through and thriving through the storm. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, you've heard it before, church. You've probably even quoted it before. You've probably told the story before. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice... Is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. We've been talking about storms, haven't we? Getting through storms, surviving storms, growing in the midst of storms, thriving in the midst of storms. Jesus says there's storms in your life. There are storms in your life, temporal storms. There are storms of judgment in your life. He says, listen up. You want to make it through the storm? You want to make it through the storm? He says, those who hear these words of mine and put them into practice. Hear these words of mine and put them in practice. They're the wise man, the wise person whose house does not fall, whose house does not crash. See, the problem is we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Jesus does. We don't know why these storms very often are happening in our lives. Jesus does. We don't know some of the hardships, some of the trials, some of the difficulty that's going to lead us to a stronger faith in our life. Jesus does. And he says, I want you to do what I tell you to do. See, we do part of this really well. Church, you're doing it right now. Those who hear these words of mine. 
See, we, th- we, th- we think Jesus has a period right there at the end of that sentence. Those who hear these words of mine are like the wise man. Those who hear these words of mine are like the, 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 the smart person who builds properly. Those who show up, those who come to church, those who sit, those who sing, those who nod along, right? If you hear these, thank you. Nice nodding back there, too. Very good. Very good. I like that. Yep. If the preacher's preaching and I say amen loud enough, then I'm like the wise person. No, no. Jesus says, you hear these words of mine, and you do what? You put them into practice. You put them into practice. Jesus said a lot of words, though, didn't he? Jesus said a lot of words. And yet, look what he does. He's, look, at the, look at the unwise. Look at the foolish. The foolish also hear the words. The only difference is one who makes it through the storms of life and one who doesn't, the foolish hear the words and don't do what Jesus tells them to do. There's one thing to say I believe in Jesus, the existence of who and what he is. There's another thing that says I follow him. I follow him. I go where he goes. I do what he does. I think the way he thinks. You see, this is the one who puts the words of Jesus into practice. Now, again, I've told you Jesus says a lot of words in Scripture. So what words specifically here is Jesus talking about? Those who hear these words of mine and put them into practice, it's like the wise man who built his house on the rock. What words is G- are Jesus or is Jesus talking about? Well, all of them. <laughs> that's, that's the easy answer. That's the quick answer. All the words of Jesus. All the words of Jesus from the very beginning of His Word to the end of His Word. You see, Jesus was there at the beginning designing, laying out His Word revealed to mankind. These are the words of Christ that lead us through the Bible. And these are the words we need to adhere to. But if you're anything like me, you have a hard time remembering in every situation of various situations the actual words of Jesus. I have a hard time committing the entire Scripture to memory. I'm I'm not there yet. Uh, I know people. I know people who are not there yet. (laughs) Now, I know people who have. Uh, I know people who have committed the entire Old Testament to memory. And matter of fact, when I met them, they were working on the New Testament, committing that whole thing to memory word for word. But I have a hard time remembering every word of Jesus Christ, and, 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 and many people do. And so Jesus makes it a little bit easier for us to remember all of his words. And Paul echoes this when he's talking about the, the importance of moral living. But I, I like Paul's words best, I think. I, I like the way he describes it. He says, love is the fulfillment of the law. In fact, anyone who loves one another has fulfilled the law of Christ. Jesus says it slightly another way. He says, love God with all that you are. And then love the person you come in contact with. I don't care who that person is. Love the person you come in contact with the same way Jesus loves you. He says the entire, my entire word, says Jesus, is built upon those two commands. Jesus says, you want to remember my words? Then love God with all that you are. And love the people you come in contact with. Show that same love of Christ. Pray for those who persecute you. Love your enemies. 
care about those, take care of those who have a hard time taking care of themselves. He says, love God and love others. Anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. You see, this is the description of the Christian life. It's the description of one who has given their life completely over to Jesus Christ. He must become greater, says John the Baptist. I must become less, right? We give our life over to Jesus. We show love to God. We show love to those around us. But notice, the rain came down, the streams rose. I have no idea where we're at in the scriptures here, boys. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it has its foundation on the rock. What happened? The storm still beat against the house, didn't it? I want to follow Jesus. I want to do what Jesus says. I want to follow his commands. And if I do this, then life's going to be better. If I do this, then life's going to be easy. If I do this, then I'm going to avoid the storms. Nope. Nope. That's not what Jesus says. Jesus says you're still going to be beat up. The difficulty, the hardship, the struggle, the storms, they're still going to come into your life. They're still going to be beating on your mind and beating on your house and and, and beating on your heart. Just like everybody else that experiences storms. Just like everybody else that experiences hardship, trouble, even doubt in their life. It's still going to be beating you up as well. You're not going to avoid the storms, so don't think you're going to. If I can't avoid the storms, I need to know how to get through the storms. Jesus says, put my words into practice, and I'll see you through the storm. Put my words into practice, and I'll see you through the storm. It can be, it should be. With practice, it's an automatic. We move from the storm, from the difficulty, from the struggle, immediately in our heads and our minds to the words of Jesus. What does he want? What should I do? How can I follow? What's the best way to address this storm? What's the best way to feel in the face of it? And we go back to Scripture, and we go back to Scripture, and if you're anything like me, now you're on the phone, or you're in books, or you're email, you're calling people up, asking them, talking to them, reading about it, I'm in a storm, and I need to figure out what Jesus says. Because your house is being beat upon, and you want to shore that house up. I'm telling you, church, leave an inheritance to your kids. Show them how to follow Jesus. Leave an inheritance for your kids. Show them how to follow Jesus. Because I guarantee you, their house is going to be beat upon and beat upon and beat upon for the rest of their lives. Through storms, hardship, struggle, trial, through temptation, away from the joy and beauty and salvation to Jesus Christ. And so if you want to leave your kids an inheritance, you teach them how to follow the words of Jesus Christ. What's the best thing you can tell me? What's the best thing you can give me? What's the best piece of advice that you can leave me in order to shore up this house? Hear the words of Jesus and do them. Dad, I don't know how. Well, that's okay, son. I'll show you. I don't know how, Mom. That's okay. I'll show you how to follow Jesus. I'll show you how to strengthen this house. Because everything else, church, everything else is going to fall away. You understand that? 
Jesus says, even heaven and earth are going to pass away, but my words will never pass away. Everything else is going to fall away. Everything else is going to begin to crumble. But the words of Jesus Christ are eternal. And so all these wonderful kids and you yourself, they come up to you, they say, give me strength, give me direction, help my house stand firm. You say the same thing as Paul does. He says, follow me as I follow Jesus. Follow me as I follow Jesus. Church, that's the secret to making it through the storms. Whoever hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, and if you don't know, or if, if you're distant from the words of Jesus Christ, I, I've got a book. I'll give it to you. I'll give this to you. In fact, I, I'll get a hundred more and I'll give them to you. Matter of fact, they do a great job because they even put the words of Jesus in red. The words of Jesus. And you can begin to read. You can begin to study. You can begin to know. They can begin to be a part, actually be a part of your heart, your life, your very makeup. And again, church, if you're going to go through and you're going to understand and figure out what the words of Jesus mean so that my house can be strong in the midst of the storm, so that my family can be strong in the midst of the storm, so that my kids can be strong in the midst of the storm, if I don't understand, if I don't fully comprehend the words of Jesus, do what I do and ask. Ask questions. I don't understand this. Help me. Smartest people in the world I know say, I don't know all the time. I don't know. Show me. I don't know. Teach me. Brilliant people because they want to realize, they want to understand, they want to apply. We're going to talk about singing in the rain next week. This idea, this truth that not every storm is a storm that you're meant to get through. Many of these storms are storms you are meant to endure because of the closeness of Jesus Christ through those storms. The only way, the only way this lifelong storm, this endurance through the storm works. The only way you're able to have fruit from that is to know the words of Jesus Christ and apply it to your lives. Love God, love others. By the way, if you don't know what that means, go find out what that means. That's what Jesus says, right? That's what he says to the Pharisees. That's what he says to the Sadducees. Go and learn what this means. Love God and love others. See, this is the point that Jesus is trying to make. He says this at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount is a description of what followers of Jesus look like. It's a description of what followers of Jesus, how they can be seen, known, recognized, focus of their life. That's what the Sermon on Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. That's what the focus of the Sermon on the Mount is. And Jesus finishes that with, if you want to make it through the storms in life, understand what I've said and put it into practice. That's how you make it through the storms. I guarantee you there's people in this room right now going through storms. Guarantee you there's people going through storms. And I guarantee you also they're looking for a way to endure that storm or they're looking for a way to thrive in the midst of that storm. You are sitting here right now with your answer given to you. Do what Jesus says. Do what Jesus says in the midst of the storm, church. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We love you for who you are and what you are. We love you for what you do, Father. We thank you that you have given us, that you have, you have laid out for us.
the seriousness, but also the wisdom of the words of your Son, that you have given us the strength and direction and focus and priority of the words of Jesus Christ. And Father, I ask that you will put it upon our hearts, certainly as we're in the midst of the storm, to look to the words, the wisdom, the eternal wisdom of Jesus. Say, Jesus, what do you want me to do and how do you want me to do it? Father, I ask that you'll build our faith in this way. It's very hard for us to trust, especially when things are crumbling down. So, Father, I ask that you'll give us that same type of, 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 of perseverance, of, of drive to follow Jesus in our lives, that we would to push ourselves, see ourselves through the hardship of the storm. Father, we realize our houses are going to get beat up along the way. We realize that. Father, we understand we're going to lose some boats along the way. But we don't want our house to fall. So we ask, Father, we read your word. And we take these things to heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand and sing. Sometimes sorrow is the door to peace. Sometimes heartache is the gift I need. You're faithful, faithful in all things. In every high, in every low, on mountain tops, down broken roads, you're still my rock, and my hope remains. I'll rest in the arms of Jesus.
I don't have a lot to say today, but what I do have to say is important. So listen up. No, before we do that, Carla, could you come up here for a minute? Is that all right? Come on up here. We'll, I want to talk to you all about Carla for a little bit. That's nicer than what I was going to say. I was going to draw a compare. I was going to, well, I'll say it. Senior Recognition Day, right? I mean, I mean what's going on? Thanks. Carlu is a lot nicer person than I am. Um, and uh, she's been worshiping with us for some time, but she's worshiped a couple places, and she wants to uh, make this her home. And uh, I don't know why. Uh, but she does, uh, and I'm glad. I'm glad she wants to, wants to make this her home. Um, so this is Carla Overs, so you can know her, and she can know you, and many of you know her already anyway. Uh, she has a responsibility now for you, and you have a responsibility for her. Uh, that's how that works, and uh, so, we're, um, so she's a part of our, our body. And I just want to ask you, uh, I'm going to give you the chance to profess the name of Christ in front of your brothers and sisters. Okay, so if you, if you believe this, if you could repeat after me, I believe. I believe that Jesus is the Christ. That Jesus is the Christ. The Son of the Living God. The Son of the Living God. All right, Carla. I'm just going to pray over you and over the church. Father, I thank you for Carla. I thank you for her life, and I thank you that she is now uh, a part of this this part of the body. Uh, we know that your body is all over the place. It's all over the world and, and all throughout time. Uh, but I thank you that she's, uh, that she's a sister right here with us. Father, I ask that you will bless her life, that uh, in many ways that you will just, just please, Father, just give to her with both hands uh, whatever, whatever she needs in her life. I ask also, Father, that you'll help us um, to, to care for Carla, to watch out for, to love her the way you love us. I thank you for her friendship, and I thank you that she's a part of this family. Father, please bless her life. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Carla, here, you can take, did I back off too fast? All right. Well, I'm kind of awkward. <laughs> oh, you haven't seen awkward yet. I'm going to preach a sermon. You'll see awkward here in a minute. Okay, uh, we did have a lot going on today. I knew that was going to happen, uh, so I want you to, I want to get right into this very quickly, and I want you to listen to what we're going to say, because it's going to set the stage for next week. Oh, I thought someone was calling my name. I thought, I didn't know this was a give and take here. Uh, all right, turn to Matthew chapter 7, Matthew chapter 7. We're going to talk next week about, about the perpetual storm, Okay. We've been talking so far about storms that we, that we get through. We've been talking about storms that sort of have a beginning and an end in our lives. And as we go through those storms, we either learn a lesson or we recognize some of the reasons those storms are in our life. Next week, though, we're going to talk about what we might call the perpetual storm uh, for you know, a, a long period of time or a long period of life or a long season of life it seems as though the storms don't end. And we need to ask the question, are those storms that we must get through, or are those storms that we are meant to simply endure? Meant to simply endure. 
Uh, the only way that we endure storms properly, the only way in which we are going to use the storms that we are in, is by recognizing and understanding what I have called the secret to the storms. Although really, it's not a secret. It's not a secret. It's talked about from the very beginning of Scripture in Genesis to the very end of Scripture in the revelation of Christ. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you help us, help open our eyes and our hearts today, our minds, as we... Father, we ask for humility today as we look at the words of Jesus, as we look at His wisdom, uh, as we look at His commands, but Father, also as we look at His, His, His description uh, of His love, Your love for us. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. You're in Matthew chapter 7. Uh, you are, church, the house of God, okay? That's what you are. It's not this building. We know that, right? We've talked about this a million times. It's not, it's not the building. You are the house of God. The person who accepts the truth of Jesus Christ, you are the house that God built, right? You know, you know Yankee Stadium, right? The house of Ruth built. You're the house that God built. And God wants... You want your house to remain standing in the midst of storms. Short storms, violent storms, long storms, perpetual storms didn't make any difference. But not only do you want to remain standing, you want to still live in those storms. You want to still thrive in those storms. Matter of fact, we just had a bunch of kids up here. Those kids, you want those kids to thrive in the midst of storms. Don't ever teach your kids that storms aren't going to happen. <laughs> teach your kids to follow Jesus. Okay? Teach your kids to follow Jesus. Jesus tells us, talks to us point blank, how is it that I thrive in the midst and even because of storms? If we're going to accept this, these words of Jesus, we'll get to it here in just a minute, Matthew chapter 7, we need to ask ourselves a couple of questions. Number one, we need to ask ourselves if we believe in Jesus. Is He really true? Is, is He fully God and fully man? Did He create uh, what we are, what we see, what we experience. Is, he's, is He the King? Uh, is He our Savior and he is He our Lord? We're, we're real quick sometimes, right? We've talked about this. We're real quick to accept Jesus as Savior, just not Jesus as Lord. Lord means He's in charge and we're not in charge, right? Lord means we do what He says. Uh, we want the Savior part, but not the Lord part. Is Jesus Savior and Lord in your life? And I hope the answer is yes, because if He's not then it doesn't matter what he says. It doesn't matter what he tells us. It doesn't matter what the Bible says. It doesn't matter uh, what kind of advice, what kind of wisdom, what kind of commands we're given. Uh, if he's not Lord and Savior, if he's not King, God and Creator, then we're not going to listen anyway. So we need to ask ourselves if we believe in Jesus, if we're going to partake of this wisdom get through the storm. Secondly, we need to ask ourselves what kind of character Jesus has. Is He a loving God or is He a hate-filled God? Is He a good God or is He an evil God? Does Jesus want what is best for us? Not what's easiest for us, right? You know those two words don't mean the same thing, right? Best and easy don't mean the same thing. Jesus wants what is best for us, not necessarily what is easiest for us. Once again, we may even believe Jesus exists, but if we believe that He is an evil God, then we're not going to listen to what He says, or at least we're going to do the opposite of what He says. <laughs> he is a good God, loving God, wants what's best for us. He is the only God, and He does exist, and He died for you and me. So we need to ask ourselves those two questions. Thirdly, we need to ask ourselves if Jesus makes mistakes, certainly in His teaching. 
certainly in his, uh, his parables, in the Word of God. Now, I'm not suggesting Jesus never stubbed his toe and, and that type of thing. I'm talking about his teaching and his instruction. Does Jesus ever make mistakes? Do you ever think he was all, you know, writing or teaching or, or giving a parable, and all of a sudden he thought, boy, I wish I could take that back. Uh, I really stuck my foot in my mouth there. You know, he just got done with a lesson and then leaned over to Matthew and said, hey, by the way, Matt, don't write that one down. We're going to try that one again. You think Jesus ever made mistakes when he was teaching? Jesus didn't make mistakes when he was teaching. I, again, I don't know that he didn't make mistakes other times in life. I, you know, there's all kinds of mistakes we make. But when it came to what he was teaching, how he was teaching, the parables, the instruction, the wisdom, the commands, Jesus didn't make any mistakes. He didn't make any mistakes from Genesis through the revelation of Christ. That entire thing is his word. Okay, So if we believe in Jesus... And we know that Jesus is good and that Jesus doesn't make any mistakes when he gives his commands. Now we have to ask the fourth question, and we ask this a lot. Could I do better than Jesus? Right? Could I give a better command than Jesus? Do I have a better way than Jesus, a better direction than Jesus? Do I have more foresight than Jesus? Do I have greater wisdom than Jesus, more strength, more power, more understanding? Bottom line is this, am I greater than God? You see, we ask that question. We just don't ask it out loud. Every time we think we have a better way than Christ, we ask that question. Every time Jesus says do and we say don't. Every time Jesus says don't and we say do. We're asking ourselves, am I greater than God? So I hope if we ask those two questions, the first two, I hope the answer is yes. The second two, I hope the answer is no. If we've asked ourselves those four questions and we've answered them, then we can get into and begin to accept what Jesus says about making it through the storms of life. You've heard this before. It's been there in plain sight. You've probably said it before, read it before, taught it before, quoted it before. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Now we're going to talk about the storms. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because its foundation was on the rock. And then, of course, there's the foolish man, right? But everyone who hears these words of mine does not put them into practice. It's like the foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. There's the secret to the storms, church. Listen to what Jesus has to say. As a matter of fact, you're getting that part down right now. You're doing that part really well right now in this moment. We've just read the words of Jesus. We're hearing what Jesus has to say. But if you hear what Jesus has to say and that's all you do, your house is going to come down with a great crash because that's only half of what Jesus said. He says, those who hear these words of mine and put them into practice. Put them into practice. I don't understand why it's so hard to make it through these storms because I show up to church every Sunday morning. Yes, but are you changed by the Word of God? Is your heart changed? Is your mind changed? Are your actual practices changed by what Jesus commands? I'm telling you something. If your life begins to change because of what Jesus commands, you start looking at your life thinking, boy, i got all kinds of issues and problems. I, there's all, many times, many examples of where it's hard and difficult. It just, it just almost seems like an impossible task to keep up with this moral and holy standard of Jesus Christ. We're not there to earn His love, nor are we there to earn salvation, but we're there to respond to His love in this righteous manner, pursuing righteousness in our life. 
Jesus tells us storms are going to happen in your life. The wise person, the wise one is, uh, who builds this unflappable house is the one who hears the words of Jesus Christ and puts them into practice. Because notice the second part of that, Jesus isn't talking about the, the foolish. He's not talking about those who haven't heard his words. He's not talking about the ones who don't show up to the Bible study. He's talking about the ones who do show up to the Bible study and don't put into practice what they hear. The foolish man is the one who hears the words of Jesus Christ and doesn't do anything. Doesn't let him change. Doesn't let it change him, his perspective, his mission, his vision, his purpose, his perseverance on life. Doesn't let those words change the heart, the mind the perspective, the priorities. All of this is supposed to change the way we see the world, change the way we see ourselves, change the way we see others, and certainly change the way we see the storm on the horizon. I'm following Jesus, and Jesus is walking through the storm, so when I'm following Jesus through the storm, I'm going to do what He says to do. I'm going to say what He says to say, not say what He doesn't say to say. When He puts His foot in one spot, I'm putting my foot in that spot because I want to go through the storm in the proper way. Jesus says, you want to make it through these storms, hear the words of mine and put them into practice. What words? There's a lot of them. There's a lot of words of Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't have the whole Bible memorized yet. Yet. I don't know if ever. All right? Uh, I've met people. I've met, I've met people who also don't have it memorized. Um, I've met people who do have it memorized. Uh, as a matter of fact, I've, I've, I've talked to a couple people who have the Old Testament memorized, and, and, and they're working on the New Testament word for word. Um, but that's not me. Jesus says, look, I've got important words you need to hear, and I want you to know these and apply them to your life. Fortunately for us, they're written down. And we can read them, we can study them, we can know them, we can apply them to our lives. If I'm reading and I'm studying and I want to apply properly the words of Jesus Christ in my life, particularly in a storm, I hope you're like me. I'm usually on the phone, on an email, in a book, trying to figure out exactly what Jesus is saying and how it applies to my life. I'm not guessing, church. When I come up here and I teach, when I'm preparing a lesson, I'm not guessing leading up to that. I'm talking to you, I'm talking to me, I'm talking to this person, that person, this lady over here, that guy over there, these four books here. I want to know what Jesus says and what it means and how I apply it in my life. You could do the same. I'll tell you what, if you don't have it, I've got one right here. I'll give it to you. In fact, it's even the words of Jesus, they even put in red for you so you can read through it. Whoever hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. Yes, we are talking about all the words of Jesus but maybe there's a way to sum that up a little bit more. Everything that Jesus talked about, Paul was able to sum it up. Paul talks about love, and he talks about the commands of righteousness in our life. And he says, whatever command of righteousness you're looking for, you're going to fulfill it if you love people, if you care about them, if you love people as you love yourself and you love your Father. He says, really, that's what all this means. He says, anyone who loves fulfills the righteous requirements of the law of God. You see, there's a lot to the word love. Love God, love people. Love God those around, uh, and love those around you. The, love those you come in contact with. It's a deep word. It's a rich word. 
that love God and love people, Jesus says the entire Bible is built upon just those two commands. So love has, is a word that means um, a lot more than we think it does. And so when you're thinking about the words of Jesus Christ, you're trying to sum up the words of Jesus Christ, you can probably sum them up the very same way Paul does. I'm going to love God with all that I am. And everybody I come in contact with, I'm going to show that same love to. My enemies, those who persecute me, my friends, those who love me, my real close friends, the ones who get on my nerves, I'm going to love them too. But you might also notice the wise man has to deal with something. Even though he's hearing the words of Jesus, even though he is applying the words of Jesus in the midst of the storm, we find this. The winds blew and beat against that house. Church, don't think for a second that if I follow Jesus, I'm not going to go through storms. I'm going to go through storms because I'm following Jesus. So you better be ready for it. Those storms are going to beat against your house. They're going to beat against your heart, beat against your mind. I'll tell you what they're going to do. They're going to beat against your feelings. They're going to beat against your emotions. They're going to beat against you physically to the point of exhaustion. This is where, this is when, this is why and how the words of Christ are so important in our life. When Jesus says, love one another. When Jesus says, put your entire hope, faith, trust in God the Father. He says, love the Father with all that you are. Realize that your life is mine. No matter how beat down you are with these storms, you can realize that you have a mission and a purpose and value in this life because of the promises of Jesus Christ. Because I promise you, if you don't have that, if you don't remember that, then these storms are going to beat you down to the point where you're going to give up. The Bible, church, from beginning to end is not about getting it right every time. It's about persevering in the face of the storm. Just do it more. Do it again. Get up tomorrow and keep moving. We do this with the words of Jesus Christ. He says, this is the hope you need. This is the very food you need, as it is the bread of life. Church, leave your kids an inheritance. Tell them the words of Christ. Show them the words of Jesus. I tell you what, because your kids... Everybody we talked about right here, all these kids, they're going to be facing the same kind of storms you are. Guys, I want to get one place in life. I want to get to the point where Sam is solid in what he believes. And I'm not saying I'm not appreciating life at that point, but at that point, hey, I'm done. (laughs) Jesus, you take me whenever you want because I want him to be solid in his faith. Guys, we can offer our kids, the truth of the words of Jesus Christ. And they're probably going to ask you the same thing Sam asked me. He says, I don't understand this. What does this mean? Your best answer is, I'll show you. I'll show you what this means. You want to see what Jesus looks like? I'll show you. You want to see what it means to bear up in the midst of this storm because the words of Jesus, following Jesus, where he goes, what he does, what he says, I'll show you what that looks like. And I don't care if it's kids, grandkids, nieces, nephews. You tell your kids, follow me. What does Paul say? Follow me as I follow Jesus right through the storm. Now, all of this, well, is important in and of itself, but it's also important to set the stage for next week.
Next week, we're going to talk about singing in the rain. How is it that we can have the perpetual storm in life and still be singing in the midst of the rain? Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the love you've given us. We thank you also, Father, that Jesus gives us gives us point blank the, the, these commands, these, this help, this wisdom that says the storms are going to come. Listen to what I say, Father. Help us to listen to what your Son says. Help us to do what Jesus says. Help us to seek that kind of, that kind of, of, of life, that kind of salvation, that kind of transformation. And when we see the storms on the horizon, we know we've got the guide of your Son. Father, put that upon our hearts. Give us, give us humility, Father. There is a lot of proud people here. I'm one of them. When that pride gets in the way, we don't want to listen to Jesus. And we know we're going to hurt ourselves. So, Father, I, I ask for humility in this room. I ask for trust in this room. And we'll know that Jesus loves us and what he says is right and good, though it may be difficult. Father, help us to, help us to follow the words of Jesus Christ through the storms. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Please stand and sing. Sometimes sorrow is the door to peace Sometimes heartache is the gift I need Your faithful faithful in all things In every high in every low on mountain tops down broken Lord is my 